When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm Phil Kirkbride, and today joined by Dave Prentice, Adam Jones and Gav Buckland as we chew the fat over all the major talking points at Goodison Park. And on today's agenda will be reflections and analysis of, a, as, a, as ever, a lively general meeting that took place at the Philharmonic Hall on Tuesday and all that came from that, record losses, new naming rights, options, deals, and a whole host of, of interesting um, elements to that. And, of course, a really in-depth presentation by Marcel Brands where he dressed probably just about every transfer question you had in uh, up your sleeve and then the second part of the podcast we'll of course look to tomorrow's trip to West Ham as the Blues back on the road and going face to face with a Mr. Certain Mr. Moyes um, Preno, I'm going to start with the general meeting um, how alarmed were you to read that the club in the last financial year covering the season 2018-19 had incurred record losses of nearly £112 million. Pounds. I have to say I wasn't wildly alarmed, but only because we expected it. You know, So we knew that was coming. It didn't know quite the other scale of it, but we knew there were going to be record losses. And it's understandable why, because uh, you know, Farhad Mashiri has been pumping lots and lots of money into supporting managers, supporting uh, stadium plans, you know, so everything he can possibly do uh, to you know, sort of push the club forward. Um, they're still within the bounds of uh, financial fair play rules. So, again, no reason for alarm. But it does underline the very difficult balancing act uh, that the club has in trying to improve the squad and uh, improve performances on the pitch whilst staying within the boundaries that is going to prevent them from getting into trouble with the authorities. I saw a bit of alarmist nonsense uh, the following day as well about the other naming rights. People claiming that uh, Premier League are now going to investigate Everton as a result of uh, the £30 million you know, so promised from, uh, from USM. Uh, the Premier League looks at every single uh, financial transaction uh, of that nature. They don't investigate them. Uh, and you know that is a fair market price, we are told. So you know, I've got no concerns about that. I just think that's a little bit of... Uh, uh, alarmistness from, from some of the uh, from some of the tabloid newspapers, uh, but all in all, it's uh, it's just something that we need to be aware of, and it just underlines again how difficult it is for the club to try and improve things on the pitch whilst not straying beyond the boundaries that will get the club into proper trouble. Um, Adam, we'll, we'll we'll come on to then <coughs> on to the uh, the deal that the Everton announced at the GM uh, a naming rights option. Struck with USM uh, worth thirty million pounds, and that money, of course, ring fenced and it would go directly towards construction uh, of the new stadium. Um, there has been a degree of, um, as Preno mentioned, um, raised eyebrows. It appears that, you know, through those reports, it appears that some people at certain football clubs aren't enthused by this. But is this mm. not just Everton, A, using the direct contact that they have with Farhad Mashiri and, and, and Mr Usmanov and, and USM and being quite smart about it? 100%. I think 
this is the first kind of deal that I've ever ever seen of this of this nature. You know, having an having somebody buy first option of name and rights. I mean, I, I bet your Spurs would have loved that a few years ago. Yeah. They still can't get mm. name West, and rights West for the West Ham, as of course as well. You know, you see the struggle that some clubs have had getting name and rights for their stadium. I think it's a very savvy bit of business that Everton have already got somebody who, you know, would be interested. In that in that sort of field, and yeah, well, I, I I don't understand any anybody questioning this, you know, from from the club's perspective, they're getting thirty million for the new stadium, which will be massive in helping them build it, because you know, you know, as they mentioned in the general meeting as well, it's going to be majority debt funded, so you know, any any sort of cash in, inflow that we can get towards the new stadium is going to be crucial to help us build it. And you know why wouldn't Mashiri use the contact that he's that he's got there? You know, Usmanov isn't involved at Arsenal anymore, so why not try and use him as much as we possibly can? I, I don't have any any qualms with it at all, really. No, there's a lot of uh, shenanigans going on, should we say, for a polite uh, um, in the financial world at the moment, particularly where football stadiums are concerned. I mean, the suggestion today that Derby County are going to be uh, penalised with a, a points deduction. And that clearly is, you know, football yeah. clubs playing the game. Um, they, you know, pluck a figure out of the air that their football stadium may or may not be worth. And then, you know, sort of find a benefactor that is prepared to, you know, sort of pay the football club that money for us. And clearly, in that instance, it appears that that's not a fair market price. Um, you know, I think it was like 80 odd million quid for a stadium probably worth half that. Um, football stadium naming rights are a very grey area because, you know, there aren't that many of them around. And, um, they, they could be worth, you know, so huge sums of money. So, you know, for me, 30 million quid, you know, to secure, you know, preferred status, you know, sort of negotiate with the football club sounds fair enough to me. I'm convinced that the other guys at Everton Football Club, you know, will have uh, confirmed that before they actually signed off, uh, you know, the paperwork. Yeah, they've been to the Premier League throughout the, the process mm. of putting this exactly, deal together. They're transparent so. about it, yeah. So, you know, I think it's a little bit alarmist, uh, some of the stories we've seen. Uh, but it underlines that you know that this this is happening. You know, yeah. So this football stadium is moving on a pace, and that's the very positive way to look at it. You know, so things are still moving in the right direction. Gav, um, the club has, I think, Preno mentioned in, in his initial uh, address there, stayed within the boundaries of the Premier League yeah. uh, profit and sustainability rules. I think within the three financial years, I think we came in about ten million pounds within inside the boundary or something like yeah. that. Um, what were your thoughts when you saw the confirmation of, of the record losses and, and, the, and the state of the of the accounts of the, the most recent year? Um, I think I can only say what Plano was saying. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a shock. We've said on this podcast the expectation will be eighty or ninety million for the year, and throwing the fact there was thirty months worth of accounts, yeah. not twelve, also adds on whatever it is, eight or nine million, perhaps on top of that. So it's not. Um, it's not. You know, it's, it's not something that was un- unforeseen. The concern for me is the next couple of years really just financially forgetting about how much money we may or may not have have to spend is that the two you know the two biggest causes of our, our the source of our cost of the wage bill and the amount that we pay on players transfer fees each each year the wage bill is currently in the red isn't it I think 70% is it, of your turnover of its wages is is it, you go into the red zone and we with 80 Eighty percent army, mm. something like that, and, and as we all know, um, the you know the players on our major contributors of that wage bill are moving very, 
quickly over the next couple of years. Mm. You know, we name it. We name names: Snyder, and Sigurdsson, Walcott. They're all 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 contracted to the club over the next couple of years. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing. I'd say, and the second thing is the other one is you know I think it was seventy odd million pounds, sorry ninety million, I think something like that for, for for players transfer fees, which is not going to change as well. In fact, they make go up next year because of the players you bought in the summer. Yeah. So those two things aren't reducing over the next two years substantially. So the only way we can sort of make ends meet is, is by increasing our income. Now, as was I think Sasha was saying, you know we don't want to be reliant on. TV money, so there will be extra this year through the, the overseas TV yeah. deal. I think you said that during yeah. the week, Phil, didn't you? Yeah. Maybe 13, 15 million. And so then to, to you know, balance the books, we might get a bit of sponsorship is, you know, we're going to be into the realms of having to sell players at profits over the next couple of years to balance the books and so we live within the, the 105 million I mean there's bits you can take off your costs isn't there like, the stadium you know, the stadium stuff will be capitalised when we get all that. permission stuff, you know the yeah. stadium over the last couple of years won't be won't go towards that and you know as academy I think women's football is yeah. also uh, excluded it, it's player trade and profits isn't it is going to lead the to, to balance the books over the next two years so we've got to ask ourselves you know so you, you, you bring me very neatly yeah. onto the other element which is brands is job Gavin, and you gave a very eloquent, in-depth, at times brutally honest presentation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you think maybe, I know, look, I'm, I'm not saying that people didn't understand the size of the task, but when he laid it out there very, very clearly, honestly and openly, do you think maybe after Tuesday night, a greater number or a greater percentage of the fan base actually fully understand now, wow, actually, this man's got a very, very difficult job on his hands and we're actually as frustrated as we may be to see players still on the wage bill who aren't playing or pulling their weight, etc. It's not an easy task. Absolutely. Um, I think if we're going to reduce costs, I was looking at how many phone calls makes up. He's on a, like a sort of monthly fixed charge, <laughs> not pay as you go. Like, yeah. you know. uh, yeah, I mean, Marcel's had stick, haven't we, this season? Are we? Where was our centre half? Where was our centre forward? That type of stuff. And said that on, on the podcast, haven't we? But Marcel, as director of football, has a massive remit. Not only from like the playing side, but from the business side. And it was laid out quite clearly on on uh, on Tuesday how big a job he's had to, to, to sort of balance the books whilst trying to satisfy the demands of manager, owner, yeah, yeah. shareholders... You know, it was a massively but, but, but difficult very, job. Ca- you know? Very candidly, and, and I don't think perhaps because it's a typically Dutch level of sort of being candid, he said, oh, yeah, last summer I tried to raise between 80 and 100 million pounds in sales. You just don't get that from normally. No. You know? But I think he went into specifics and that helps illustrate. The problem, yeah, yeah. but also sort of, you know, also shows the difficult job he's got. I mean, he was he was quite, I mean, I thought his, his part of it was the most interesting and most... Uh, like sort of enlightening, to be fair, because most of the other stuff you probably knew about, you know, um, and it was quite candid about not getting in the centre half, about some of the players who we know won't be, won't be, you know, <laughs> to be fair. Uh, some, I mean, some of his, in the actual annual report itself, some of his comments in there, which he may not specifically have referenced on there, on, on Tuesday, quite interesting, we talked about, we expect John Joe Kenny to be back at the club next, yes, next yep. year, you know, um, which is quite interesting. Um, so, yeah, I thought the 70 deals, what was he saying? Three a week or whatever? <laughs> I can't remember. What he's, he's been involved in around 70 deals since he came to the club. Yeah. And last summer, 
31 deals, which he believes yeah. made Everton the busiest club of any in the division. Plus the deals that you were trying to get over the line that you didn't, didn't and, and sort of inquiries off other clubs that you were trying to sort Absolutely, of deal that yeah. didn't hit the, uh, you know, it, it didn't hit it, it, it the public. So it's a lot more than that, isn't it? Yeah. You know, for, for one deal done, there might be another two that are not done yeah. that you're working on or people have asked you for. So it's a lot more busy than that, to be fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I thought it was really, he was quite brutally honest and it shows you the, the, the diverse nature of his uh, of his job. And I, I just thought, uh, I thought he was, he, he, from what I've heard, he came across really well as well on the, on the night and mm-hmm. um, you know, good luck to him. I think he's got a tough job. I think it could be, even tougher the next couple of years. Well, think. I was just going to move on to that. Adam Prow, how confident, given what we've learned, and, and Gav has, has mentioned it about the need for, as, as it says in accounts, player trading profit, selling <coughs> players, moving them on permanently, not just on loan. How confident are we now that going into what would be a third summer of Marcel, uh, you know, that he can start really making some ground on shifting more of these players that are unwanted? Because it's difficult, but... You know, he knows that he understands the urgency now because, and everybody appreciates the urgency because of the figures we've seen. I don't think the task necessarily gets any easier, like especially especially if we're looking for a significant amount of return on the prices that we've paid for some of these players. Like, you know, let's take Gilfie Sigurdsson, for example, who's not not getting any younger, but as as he runs towards the end of his contract, you know, we've paid 45 million for him. There's no, we're not going to get anywhere near that back if we were to choose to sell them. You know, there's a similar situation with Walcott, yeah. similar situation with Schneidlin. and it, you know, it's not it's not gonna get any easier for Marcel Brands to think to himself, look, we, we need to bring in a significant amount of capital for these players. Like it's just I mean, I think we're seeing it now with uh, Nias, especially, uh, Nias and Martina running towards the end of their contracts. You know, Martina came for a minimal amount, so that that, that doesn't really count. But Umar Nias cost what, thirteen and a half million? And we're going to lose him for nothing at the at the end. Don't of, shake your head. Fred, Fred, Fred has got his head in his hands. But like we're, we're going to lose him for nothing at yes. the end. Of, so you know, th- there's going to be a lot of that that Marcel so, Brands so, is going to so have to deal it, with. So Umar is a, is a really good example. The pressing issue is to get him get his wages off the bill mm-hmm. this yeah, month. Because it'd be mm-hmm. zero, six months. Zero mm-hmm. yeah, 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 so yeah. six months of wages. Get him yeah. off. I was, I was going to mention that's the hardest part of all because every single one of those players is on a sizable salary, and so apart from you know, so trying to find a suitor that will take them for you know, so a significant transfer fee, which probably won't happen. You've got to try and find somebody that will match those wages. Otherwise, you can't really criticise a player for sitting there and you know, sort of taking the money. You know. If, if they're involved, um, I know Jack Rodwell got an awful lot of flack when he was at Sunderland for refusing to move on. Uh, but you know, if somebody has given you that kind of salary and mm. you know you're still you're still there, why, why would you agree to move on elsewhere? It's difficult, very very difficult. And yeah, Marcel's earning his corn at the moment, definitely. Well, I mean, the problem is as well. You, when we are loaning out these players, it's not as if they're performing. Like we lo- we loaned out Nias last last season to Cardiff, didn't score. Um, Sandro's on what his third loan now. He's not consistently he's not one goal now, though, hasn't well, he? Well, he's consistently <laughs> just not hitting the ground running, is yeah. he? You know, these players when they're going out on loan, they're not making things any yeah. easier for us. I think it's worth adding, just for clarity, that that the accounts that will be reported next year, the play they would reflect the players' sales of yes. last summer, not this coming summer. So yeah. last summer's trading, we actually did well because we yeah. sold 
Luckman and Zisagai, McCarthy, so yeah. all all yeah. for for profits. And I understand that the player trading profits. If we don't assume we don't move anybody on and bring people in January, it could be be, be like fifty million, yes. something like that. Yeah, so yeah. that will go through. So that will reduce some of the the loss this year. Uh, and I say once you throw in the TV money from overseas and and the thirty million, which I think will be shown in the income, that sort of will make the accounts look a lot better. The healthier, yeah. Next yeah. year than, than this year. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is the following the following year, I think. Um, and so does that come back to your point about when we run out of... <laughs> run out, it seems like an, a, a never-ending list of players that we try to shift on that we don't want. What we're left ultimately is with a situation of where there is a situation where to generate money from player tr- profit, player trading, we may have to sell players yeah, yeah, we don't I would want to sell. Yeah, or maybe... Yeah, yeah, or maybe we get an offer for the player who we don't want to sell that we find it difficult to refuse. About I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, and we know what sorts of players we're talking. I'll say, you know, and 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 I think that you've got a new manager as well who want on his own players. It's it's going to be a difficult uh, thing of balancing everything whilst in the process of moving to a new stage. Which hopefully this time next year will all be agreed and and and. and uh, Progressing nicely, so yeah, it's it's not this financial year. I'm I'm concerned about it's it's the it's the one after that mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be the issue because we have got the thirty million win for whatever you would call it yeah, this year, and exactly. we, we 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 could do without sort of being in front of the beak as it were uh, <laughs> a couple of years. Time. But bottom line, as we said after the uh, after the Anfield derby in here, recruitment, recruitment, recruitment. Yeah. It's all about canny recruitment, and we've got to try and bribe bring players in, which was Marcel Brand's strategy, who have got sell-on potential, you know, who are of a certain age, who are likely yeah. to improve while they're at Goodison Park. And, you know, that has happened in certain instances. I mean, Lucas Dean, Yerry Mina, you know, so they are players who are worth more now than they were when we bought them. And they weren't cheap when we bought them. I'm hoping Moyes Keane will come into that category. Uh, you know, still very, very early days. Richarlison's probably worth yeah. double what we Richarlison's been outstanding. And, and, yeah. and the rest, yeah. I don't yeah. anybody think he's <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, there's got to be more of them. You know, so more of them and less Theo Walcott, you know, Morgan Schneiderlin, Gilfie Sigurdsson. Tuchin. Nothing against those players, but, you know, big salaries, big yeah. transfer fees, minimal sell-on value. Yeah, I, think, I think he said that, didn't he, in the, in, in the, when he was talking about having the squad of 23 once it, and he named actually the players that he brought in. That, he, that he's brought in under his watch I mean I think that's the other thing isn't it Marcel's not only got the job as an ongoing director of football but he inherited all that mess mm. that he's had to you know he's had to sort of uh, try and resolve so yeah I, you see a different recruit. well you are seeing a different recruitment strategy since Marcel come in than the two years before but I think I'm just wondering I don't want to go on I'm just wondering if Far had had his time again and it's coming in in 2016 whether he if he had this time, he would have taken a step back first and been a bit more measured than in but, but he was a new owner. He was yeah, excited. You know I mean? He was in eager to make an impression. In that respect, yeah. uh, I think he would have tried even harder to get Marcel Brands in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I think he would have kept calling <laughs> rather than ultimately having to take no for an answer. Yeah, I'm just wondering to... a more measured approach. But he was new owner. He spoke about window of opportunities and all that. But we, we are still paying for that army, that yeah. large yes over the first two years and will yeah. be maybe for the next couple of years. And speaking of Fahad as well, you know, look, we have questioned and everybody has, has questioned some of the decisions he's made in terms of hiring and firing and managers, etc. But the latest accounts obviously confirmed that his, from his personal Account, he's ploughed in £350 million in loans that have turned his equity. So, in terms of his commitment, I guess, to the football club, that cannot be 
It cannot be questioned, can it? I'm just going to use that very word, unquestionable. Yeah, he has. He's utterly committed. Uh, you can question the wisdom of some of the yeah. decisions that he's taken. But, you know, his actual desire to put Everson, you know, so where he wants it to be is absolutely unquestioned. You add, you add on what he spent to buy into the club, the shares yeah. he's since bought. He's obviously, I think it was at the last GM, of course, he wasn't at this GM. He basically committed to ploughing more of his own money into helping fund some of the construction costs for a new stadium. So ultimately, he, he's, you know, I appreciate it's in loans in the form of equity, etc. Yeah. He isn't just blindly throwing money at it, but it could be talking 600 plus million pounds. Well, he's absolutely imperative uh, to Everton's new stadium. You know, so without Farhad Mashiri, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he, I know we're talking about private investors, you know, so putting money in, but still he's also responsible for, you know, sort of big chunks of that, him and his relationship with Alicia Rosmanoff. Mm. Uh, so now he's absolutely, you know, so crucial uh, to our new stadium. Yeah. Go on, Gav. Sorry. I was just going to say, um, I think he'll probably, if he ever come to sell, you probably consider that money well spent. Oh, absolutely, yeah. He'll make his money back well needed. Yeah. And some. It's a yeah. Premier League club. Absolutely. But yeah. relatively cheaply. I think it's, it'll be money well spent. Um, but yeah, I can't argue with that. 350. It's a lot of, <laughs> yeah. it's a lot of money, you know. We, we tend to look at football. I was thinking that myself. And When you see values of football clubs, you don't tend to take notes. When you actually think of that, 350 mm. off one person, that's a hell of a... Yeah, I have a lot considered like John Moore's, what was that, 60... <laughs> 60 grand, 100 grand, you know. Wow. <laughs> the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Just before we move on to West Ham, another one on that, uh, the, the GM. Brands talked about managing expectations and again, very candidly said, you know, I saw all these reports about us being linked with Wilfred Zaha, but if you just look at our numbers, you know it's not realistic for us to be buying players 60, 70, 80 million. How do you think that was received again? Do you think that added a, a, a necessary layer of clarity to, you know, I, I, mean, I still see Zaha being linked with us today. You know, mm. you'll find a story somewhere saying Everton's still interested. Well, I see Marcel Brands has killed that, hasn't he? Stone dead. I think Wilfried Zaha was quite keen for that to be resurrected. Um, you know, so he was excited about the possibility of the move, as was one or two individuals at the football club. Marcel wasn't one of them. Um, no, it, it did. It, it did give, you know, so a fair degree of transparency. Um, players at Everson sign in the near future are going to have to be the 20, 25 million category. You know, the Yeri Minas, the Lucas Deans. Um, I know strikers cost an absolute premium, especially strikers that are already operating in the Premier League and, and you know, sort of doing so very successfully. Uh, but we have to be realistic. Um, and so, you know, Marcel Brands does need to employ that, you know, huge database of scouts around Europe to try and, you know, sort of pluck out these players, you know, the next Erling Haaland before before they become, you know, sought after by, you know, the, the Champions League clubs. Yeah, I mean, I th- when I heard that, you're thinking as a support and people say, oh, you know, we need to, but it's good financial practice. I mean, Liverpool and Man City's turnover is probably about three times ours. So would they go out and buy a player for 250 million quid? That would be their equivalent for us going somebody yeah. seven six. No, they're not. I don't think they've said that, haven't they? Because they just can't afford it. Yeah, it's simple as you know. Every club has a limit to what type of player you can afford, and um, we're just following. We're not being cheap there or being not ambitious. We're just you know applying the same financial principles as Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester yeah. any, United. Any, any, do, bus- you know? any business really? Yeah. Like at the end of the day, there there are all the reasons behind why the club announced record losses, but. 
we have just announced record losses. Like it, it would be strange for us to then go and spend half eighty that, million yeah, to yeah, bring yeah, in yeah, yeah. Half like that Wilfred Zaha. Yeah. 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 So, I, 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 you know, I don't think you can criticise anybody for that, really. As I say, just applying the same plan, financial principles any other club would use in the Premier League. And why and do I fear that it will not, uh, it will not uh, slow down the rumour mill, though? No, of course it won't. And uh, no, should it? I mean, yeah. So we love a little bit of speculation, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> It's not that long ago that Everson Football Club were absolutely magnificent at securing bargains, you know, so players for next to nothing. I mean, we absolutely robbed Glasgow Rangers blind for Stephen Naismith and Nikita Jelovic. Uh, you know, it wasn't that long ago that the likes of Stephen Pienaar and Tim Cahill arriving at the football club, you know, so for very, very small transfer fees. And that level of shrewd uh, initiative is required again. Those kind of players are still out there. Uh, you just got to try and identify them and on some in some cases take a chance I mean um, most recently address a guy exactly yeah pro- oh, great, great example yeah yeah, yeah. 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 That's, I mean that's the, the classic I was thinking about this that's the classic David Moyes thing is buy the best player or one of the best players from the club below here in the league yeah. if you think about it over the last four years you've been our best signings Richarlison Ball from Watford that's this a guy you probably throw whether he gets stick Pickford yes mm-hmm. so Guy was relegated was he I think yeah. he was wasn't yeah, he yeah. Yeah. Pickford was relegated you know, uh, Richarlison was Watford were there or thereabouts. Zuma had come from a relegation season at Stoke. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. So that was the sort of David Moyes type of work, and, and I still think there's still value in that in, in English football. I mean, Madison would be the classic example of that, wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah. You know, and I'd, it was interesting to call it, I mean, I don't need to talk about Carlos, but he said today, we are looking for players all around the world, mm. which I thought was quite yeah. an interesting uh, statement. Indeed, uh, and we'll move on now because time is pressing. Uh, visit to West Ham tomorrow. Um, quick quiz. Only two players for Everton have started every league game this season. Who are they? Uh, I know the answer, so I'll stay quiet. <laughs> Jordan Pickford. Correct. <laughs> yeah. The other one is? So I'm the only person that doesn't know. Yeah, so yeah, 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 no, come pressure. on, uh, Richarlison. That run will come to an end right. tomorrow afternoon at the London Stadium. Um, how concerning is it to not be uh, having Richarlison available? Are we worried? Yeah, I think it's hard not to be worried. At the end of the day, he is, he is our top joint top goal scorer this season, along with Calvert Lewin. And I think, you know, him and Calvert Lewin as a front two together have looked very, very good over the last month or so. Not even just with Ancelotti, but with Ferguson as well. I think they've just got they work in tandem so well together. So it will be a loss to have uh, to not have Richarlison uh, for this West Ham game. But you know, at the same time, you've got to look at this as an opportunity. And you know, you you're wondering when Moise Keane's opportunity was going to come with Richarlison and Calvert Lewin playing so well. Uh, I think he did pretty well in the time that he had on the pitch against Newcastle. He did. He did well when he came on against Man City as well, and obviously was very important in the lead up to a scoring scoring against them. So he's got to look at this as his big chance now. He's you know he's quite famously still not got off the the the, uh, the mark in terms of goals. Uh, he just needs to put in another another solid performance, and you know playing alongside somebody like Calvert Lewin and somebody as informed as Calvert Lewin is only going to help him. So you know as much as it is a loss to have you know probably one of your best players out you know, to have somebody like Moise Keane to step into step into the starting lineup in his stead it's really not a bad position for us to be in 
It's the old Joni Mitchell moments again, isn't it? You don't know what you've got till it's gone. Oh, yeah. and, uh, and, you know, he's so consistent in terms of fitness. I know he goes down and he hobbles every single match, uh, but he always gets back up again and normally sees the game through. And uh, when he's taken away from the equation, you think, oh, gosh, you know, who have we got next to come in? I accept it's an opportunity for Moyes Keane, but for me, he's got to show an awful lot more than he's been showing so far if he's going to uh, you know, sort of grasp that opportunity. But this could be it. This could be his moment. Uh, you know, so sort of go down there, you know, do something, you know, make things happen. He was unfortunate at Manchester City, you know, near miss. Should have done tons better at Anfield in the uh, the, the league derby with a great opportunity he had. But, you know, this this could be a chance for him. Uh, but when you see that and you see Umani Ask back, be back in the squad again because of the lack of options, it makes you realise how, A, how important Richarlison is and B, how, how poor we are in terms of uh, quality in that part of the pitch. Uh, so it's down to you, Mr Keane. It's... Uh, Show us what you've got. I'm just on Richarlison as well. I think the fact that he is he's missing and it doesn't happen, you know, it's such a rare occurrence, you know, and we won't we won't dredge up the whole diving debate mm. from whenever it was November time. But he it is remarkable, as Prince says, his level of, of consistency in the fitness sense. He given what he takes on, on an average game, you know, knocks and kicks and yeah. you know, it, it, I think it's it's kind of almost uh, um, eye-opening that we actually what he he's failing a fitness test and won't and won't play yeah. through the pain barrier. Did he, does he play most of the games last? I can't remember him being in. He missed the final game of the, of the season. Yeah, so, suppose, yeah, but. and the, uh, Watford. I don't. I think he only missed one game mm. at Watford. Was it the mm. year before? Yeah, I mean, to me, he's our, quite clearly our best player, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. I don't think there's any arguments about it. I think he's our best player. He's rapidly becoming our figurehead. Um, at twenty-two, but yeah, our mm. sort of leader type thing on the pitch. Um, yeah, I think it is. It, it, it is incredible. Bear in mind, he's had all like you know the South American competitions. Um, unfortunately, well, unfortunately, like we got a league game, haven't we? Next Tuesday, yeah, so yeah. it's it's two games in four days. I think days, that's part you know? of the thinking, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm surprised, but I've not not but admiration for him, to be honest with you. Yeah. And also as well, we all know the stick he got was October, whatever it was. Um, but it's good that he sort of learned a lesson from that as well. Mm. He's quite clearly a more focused player on the pitch. Albeit, as Prano says, he's still moments where he's hobbling <laughs> around and stuff. But you can just see him. He's a little bit seems a little bit more mature. Yeah, mm. you know, there's less arm waving and you know and that type of thing going on. And also rubbishing those bizarre claims from when he was at Watford that he couldn't play unless Marco Silva was his manager. <laughs> yeah, he's well, gone and since scored for Duncan yeah. and Carlo Ancelotti. Yeah, well, exactly. And well. You know, players, players. You know, you don't know what's got. Let's go. It's the opposite, isn't it? Really, <laughs> that actually another yeah. manager. You think, oh, we always mm. want to play this manager, but somebody coming in with a different, different take on things. Um, you know, can uh, be beneficial to you. And yeah, not nothing but admiration for the Charles. A massive fan. He is. You know, and hopefully this could be evident. He's an obvious top four player, isn't he? Mm. To be fair, and. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point, you know, if he carries on to the end of the season, he's got another, what, 15 goals or something like that. And this game is more about goals. There's some mad stats, isn't there? This is tackling one of the best of any player (laughs) or something. And uh, he'd be one player in the summer you could anticipate somebody putting in a a bid. Because the way elite teams play football, he's ideally suited to. And you know what type of clubs we're talking about here, both home and abroad. And it would be interested if somebody come up with the silly money offer for him in the summer. And it, but, would, it would need to be silly money, be, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've seen what was Batshuayi. It was a 45 million Chelsea wanted mm. for 
Is that right? That's your eye, yeah. Wow. That, was, that, was, that was what they were, they were quoting last, last week. Wow. Um, I can't see Batra without thinking of him kicking the ball in his own face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you, you better, great moments. Yeah, you would, you would, you wonder. Mm. I would, I, I'd be, I'd be surprised if there's no offer for him in the summer if yeah. he carries on. Mm. I think what we, on. what we will miss from him this, like this weekend, is is instinct. And I think you know the perfect example was that Brighton goal. Where he just needed two touches. You know that second touch where he turned round. Yeah. to face the goal and then that, you know, finish with absolutely no backlift at all. You know, for all the Calvert-Lewin is very good at, you couldn't imagine him scoring that towards a goal. No, uh, no. Moise Keane, maybe once he gets adapted to the Premier League, maybe we'll see him scoring those types of goals. But we've got nobody else in the squad who's so instinctive inside the box. So I think we will miss that from him this weekend. Yeah, yeah. But I think in terms of like a physicality approach, I think, you know, Moise Keane does have it about him. He, he he just needs to he just needs to adapt to the league and sh- start showing it now. Do you think Moise Keane has all the hallmarks of a player that if he scores one, yeah, he'll mm. he'll get a few. Yeah, definitely. I'd be right, most to me at the moment he has all the hallmarks of Ibrahim Bakayoko. Yeah, that's very harsh. He, he doesn't control the ball well. He doesn't run with the ball well. Um, his his running seems a bit directionless at times. Yeah. I've just I've just not seen a player yet. Yeah, yeah that's yes, I, I qualify that. Yeah, I just hopefully tomorrow. I mean, assuming we play four four two tomorrow, is that a big assumption in itself? Um, I wouldn't have thought so. Well, I yeah. think that's a fair to yeah, say yeah, from okay. what, we, what we can gather, but we'll see, won't we? Yeah, I do think about Richarlison, just that, 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 was, that was his first right foot goal of the season, wasn't it, last, last week? Was it? Oh, he's one-footed, Gaff. Forget it. To qualify the criticism of Moise Keane, I love the variety of goals that Richarlison scores. Yeah. He scores great headers, he scores, you know, with either foot, uh, you know, he runs with the ball well, he dribbles well, uh, you know, he's everything that we hope Moise Keane will eventually become. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing about him is, Character is um, our two most difficult away games of the season. He stank the gaff out at City, still scored, where he's quite obviously leggy. And then Anfield on a difficult evening for us, he scored, scored there as well. Mm. Yeah, with his shoulder, not as. Uh, <laughs> so he's, he's got a bit of everything, which is good, yeah, isn't he? You, yeah. you certainly wouldn't put him in the one dimensional. Mm. I'm thinking back to, say, when Lukaku was here, he was obviously a far more well goal scorer. Yeah. yeah. But, it was a bit one-dimensional mm. in terms of his how you played as a team with him. But with a Charleston, he, he's it works harder than Lukaku. Mm. So well, I'd say yeah. that's not hard, like you know. Yeah. With with Charleston, he's got many strings for his bow, hasn't he? Mm. Which mm. is also attractive, isn't it, for the elite clubs? You know, absolutely. Um, so the very very final part of today's uh, pod before we go into predictions. Um, so Umani As will be on the bench. Um, Carlo Ancelotti confirmed uh, for the game against West Ham, and obviously Nias now comes with. Cuco Martina because as Marcel Brands um, <laughs> revealed although we knew this anyway that those two players are obviously available should we say this month um, Ancelotti asked if there'd been any offers for either and rather concerningly he said no um, which brings me on to the question and we did ask it the other week but I think now we're two weeks in now to the window two weeks ago today Do, can we foresee a situation where A those two players remain at the football club past deadline and B we actually don't bring anybody in it feels very quiet to me on, a, on every front do we need to bring anybody in well this is this is the good so point is that, is, that the, is that the question well, the, the, this is what me and Phil were discussing yeah. a little bit before I think the, the position that we've missed most uh, so far well especially over the last couple of months has been in midfield but 
you know, we've seen Andre Gomez return to Finch Farm. Obviously, he's still way off, but he's returned to Finch Farm. Jean-Philippe Gabamans joined in with the team for the first time today, so he's getting closer to to it as well. You know, are we? And if you, you know, in the financial situation we're in, are we prepared to then? bring in a loan player for a loan fee or a yeah. percentage of wages or whatever. And if you're Carlo and Marcelo, you go and we've got a big break in February because mm. of the winter break. We don't play from after the, the 9th until the 1st of March. They may go away, do, you know, a real sort of concerted period of training, warm weather. You know, Gabamin could be there or thereabouts as a body. I'm not saying he'll be up to speed. Mm. Does it sort of lessen the urgency and the need to do something, go and spend money that ultimately on, on a player who may not even feature. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, no, I agree. I mean, um, we had to sit down in, in this room and produce a video earlier in the week about who we wanted Everton to sign in the January transfer window. I think I upset the video team by kicking off and saying nobody. Nobody. Um, yeah, yeah. Because you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not being soft to say that, you know, so we, the squad wouldn't benefit, you know, of course, from yeah. extra talent. But mindful of the, uh, the financial situation of the football club and mindful of how difficult uh, the January transfer window is to sign players, I think I referenced the fact that Nias, Cenk Tosin, James Beattie, a bit harsh to include him in it maybe, uh, all arrived in January. You know, you've got to get it absolutely spot on, Theo Walcott, you know, so to you know, bring in a, you know, a player that's really going to make a difference to the squad in that month. And so if it's not going to make a significant, sizable difference, I don't see the point of doing it. Um, yeah, of course the club could benefit from a new striker, but that's going to cost a fortune. Uh, and, you know, good strikers aren't going to be available on loan. Um, unless you can you know, produce something absolutely spectacular from the uh, the, you know, the market in Europe. So I would be a little bit disappointed, but, you know, so quite comfortable with the prospect of not bringing uh, any new new talent in. Because I get that signing a new player gives everybody a lift. It gives the fans a little bit of a buzz. The players on the training pitch get a little bit of a spring in the step because they feel that their place is threatened. But if it doesn't happen, you know, so I'm, I'm reasonably comfortable with this. Um, I'd be happier if I saw the likes of uh, Kuko Martin and Rune you know, so moved on. But I accept that that's unlikely to happen. Again, because as mentioned earlier, the wages are significant. And, you know, clubs are unwilling to take them on board. And plus, neither of them are particularly torn up trees since they've been here. Yeah, I think it was Nias' last goal at West Ham. Is it the, the overhead kick when he picked yeah. it over his head and followed Very, very there, nice yeah. goal, wasn't yeah, it? Should have shown yeah. his part yeah. of the sales pitch. What, what I did there, what Plano was saying, is, is, is right, is that because Ancelotti's just come in as well. So if you're Carlo, would you want to buy, say, midfield player when you're not seeing Gabamon and Gomez play? Yeah, there would exactly. be a pointless exercise that wouldn't it ban somebody and think, oh, but this Gabamon and Gomez are really useful. Didn't need to buy him. So, um, and, and I don't, I think. They appear to be quite happy when they said about the centre-half position on, on Tuesday, didn't they, that they're content. Probably got bit, bit we've gone through half a season with yeah. three. It wasn't ideal, but yeah. we've got through half a season with three. Let's just yeah. carry on. Yeah, <laughs> and Carlo appears to, you know, I think Mina's back tomorrow, isn't he? Yeah. I think. yeah. Carlo appears to want to use the last four months of the season, knowing that we're not going to get relegated, um, to look at the players that he's got and assess them. You know, it's, it's also and I, I don't think bringing somebody in fits in with that sort yeah. of mentality to be I mean, honest with you that, that central defensive position where we, we panicked about it in the summer we thought that is one area justifiably so I would say yeah. oh yeah totally but what's happened is that Mason Holgate has been given an opportunity which he has grabbed with both hands mm-hmm. you know we were unsure because West Brom the loan didn't appear to work out you know particularly well for him he played at fullback most of the season he's come in uh, and he's looked like a very assured central defender and I know I sat in this room had a little bit of a pop of his first couple of appearances because he looked sloppy he concerned me and you know he's not for the 
the first time I've been proved wrong. Uh, he did. He actually has, has had a very, very good season so far. So, you know, that has given an opportunity to a player which he's taken with both hands. Has he started yeah. every game under Ancelotti? Uh He's been the, only, so. he's been the only ever present defender. I think, I think you're right. Yeah, Mina's missed a couple. Keane's obviously missed a few, but yeah, he's been the, the ever yeah. present. And has played the midfield, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think. It, I think. We'll, well that's be okay so going back to the midfield arts. discussion, by the way. Sorry, that's another option, isn't tomorrow. it? Tomorrow. No, no generally, just in just yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Could play centre if he's going to bring Mina back tomorrow. Could play. No, but I'm saying in yeah. terms of the club looking to buy, not needing to buy a midfielder. Yeah. If push came to shove and. Two of them got injured, or three got injured. Well, you could say, "Well, Mason, you yeah, can do me a yeah, job absolutely. today." Absolutely. Yeah. So I think centre half. Um, we, we've been lucky um, that Mason has sort of resolved an issue for us. To be honest, but yeah, the other thing I know is the most. Uh, you bet this was going to happen. Look, I'm insulted because he was unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, that was news. You know, yeah. mm. um, you know, number of times spoken down the podcast, but yeah, Mason's been Mason's been excellent, hasn't he, over the last month or two? But still. When you're playing against elite players, when he tested, that's how I judge players, and he's done little bits of learning there. What was, what was just mentioned in Luckman there? What was the one I saw earlier this week? Was that? Tell me if it's absolute nonsense. Anthony Robinson linked with AC Milan. Oh, I did see that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, did, I saw that. Is that I one to file under there. the air bounds of totally speculative? Pass. I mean, no, you know, I, I quite liked him initially. You know, when I saw him playing for the under 23s and that, but you know, obviously never troubled the first team, and yet suddenly to see him linked with Milan. Yeah, that's only <laughs> Imre Verardi to Benfica. Uh, oh, yeah, plot, that is, isn't it? Like, you know, no longer play. our player, I'm afraid. Yeah. So. Uh, We'll have to uh, pass on that one. Right, quickly before we wrap up, predictions time. Gav, West Ham versus Everton at the uh, London Stadium tomorrow. <laughs> Is that just a sign about the London Stadium? Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. difficult to call this. Seriously. Carlo, three wins out of four. I think you can see a style of play developing and a tactical setup developing under him. Uh, West Ham got beaten in the last time out. Mm-hmm. Rather controversial. Yeah, yeah. But they went great way here, uh, no. Sheffield United. No. I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for an Everton win tomorrow. Yeah, by by two goals to nil. Clean cheat, love that. He, uh, he has chosen the exact scoreline that I wanted to go for. Yeah. For two, Everton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> two 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 nil win for Everton. I think uh, yeah, as you say, Carlo's done really well in the Premier League, three wins out of four. Moisey has got his number, it seems. Moisey Ancelotti's never been boys yeah, in the Premier League, yeah. but you know what better time to do it than now? I think Everton have only lost three of their last twenty-three games in the league against West Ham. So there's your staff for Stats. you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. I mean, I had the, the the good fortune to sit next to Mr. Moyes at the. And we had a you know, a frank co- conversation about the respective merits of each of the clubs. And I think it's fair to say, without going into too much detail, that he's very aware of the scale of the task that he's got in front of him at West Ham. Um, and he has made an impression. Um, I thought they were unfortunate to Sheffield United. I thought they started really well. I thought for half an hour they looked like they were at it. Um, and then Sheffield United come into the team and they are a decent side. Mm. Um, we'll miss Richarlison undoubtedly. But I just think some football clubs, you know, so do have lucky grounds, lucky clubs. And, you know, so West Ham are one of those teams. Um, last season was one of our best performances at the, uh, at the London Indeed. Stadium. I can just sense a Bernard masterclass tomorrow. Uh, he was great that day. Yeah. He was bright last week. Um, I think, you know, he'll enjoy it again. I think we'll win. Um, 2-1. Uh, maybe not quite keep that clean sheet. Scores in each of his yeah. last two appearances. Yeah. 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 Just, just yeah. quickly about Bernard. Is, you know, I know you want to wrap up. Is in 4-4-2, 
he's a better player than four two three one, isn't he? Because he mm-hmm. he can sit a little bit deeper in the pits. Yeah, on a four four two. And Carlo was saying about some playing between yes. the lines, which yeah. it's very difficult to do when you're playing four two three one. But in four four two, he's got deeper to play passes in, and he can also have got more opportunities to move inside. And I think tomorrow will be an ideal opportunity against West Ham uh, to do that. And I think that system suits him the best. Absolutely, good point, Gav. Uh, for what it's worth, I don't see it being a particularly eventful game tomorrow. <laughs> Phil. But <laughs> long way to go for the. I was there in, this, in in April 2017, as many of our listeners will have been, to witness one of the <laughs> worst games of Premier League football I've ever seen in my life when we drew nil nil. There was nothing riding on it for any team. I don't even remember it. It was abysmal. Absolutely. It will be awful. better tomorrow because Everson will win 1-0, but it will oh, be tight. Yeah, Both yeah. teams look like they're going to be missing key attacking personnel. We're obviously missing Richarlis from Felipe Anderson. is a doubt for them. So a tight game because, of course, Moyes is in there to try and steady the ship, isn't he, and tighten things. But we will nick it 1-0. Moyes Keane. Oh, one nil. I give a great headline. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have a word with Tano after that. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Thank you very much, chaps, for your company. Excellent as always, and thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoy, enjoyed this. Stay with us across the weekend. Myself and Adam down in the capital covering the game of Saturday. So all the best news, opinion, analysis, and colour from the game across the weekend from the both of us. Um, thank you very much for listening. This has been the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.